And now, Kindlach, we are starting the sixth chapter of the story of Reb Moshe from Poizna. How he was in Rome and he started to have debates, arguments with the Galochim in the Vatican, and how he discovered a Yiddish face, which was a student who learned in the Vatican University, was a Yid. His name was Gedalia Moshe Gordon. And he was he was very close to Shmadn to Shmadzich but Ramesha saved him and taught him the right way. And Gedalia Ramesha instead became actually the, they found out through him there's a lot more Yiddish students over there because the Vatican wanted Yiddish students to come learn in their university, hoping that they should Shmadzich. There's a lot of them over there, different levels. And Gedalia Moshe became their leader, and suddenly, this is the part that we were up to, a lot of the the, the boys over there were were from assimilated families, and their parents were surprised to get letters when they're writing to their parents how much they're such proud Yidin, and they're learning Torah, and they're doing mitzvahs. Some of the parents were happy, but a lot of them were actually upset. And here we're up to the part where there was a certain family from Sweden, completely assimilated, far from Yiddishkeit, and the only thing they didn't do was, was formally shmadzik, but they behaved mamash like goyim. They didn't have the courage to do it. Now, they wanted to do it, so they sent their son to the Vatican, and they were hoping that he, at least he, will do it and become mamash like a goy. He shouldn't have to feel like a yid and worry and, and people will hate him and suddenly they're getting letters and he's telling them you know I'm learning Torah I'm keeping mitzvahs and I'm happy to be a Yid and the parents were shocked from this tragedy for the, and, do, and, he, and in their mind there was a tragedy like they were they wanted him to go and to, and to Shmadzich why did it change? Oh, because Gedalia Moshe was was, uh, was teaching and, and Reb Moshe were, were teaching all the students about Yiddishkeit over there. And the parents were shocked from this tragedy, so-called tragedy that happened. And the father wrote a long, long letter to his son. And he told him, you're crazy. What is this Meshagast? You're becoming a Yid now, going back to be a Yid. And you should know that you're making a lot of problems for, for us, for yourself and for our family. And you're, it's a big sakana to be a Yid in the Vatican. Now, the son... Um, respectfully, but very strongly, he pushed away all the tightness of the father. He told him, it's true that according to the Torah, I have to have kibudav aim, and whatever situation my parents are, however, I don't have to listen to my parents in things that are against the Torah. That's right. And the son, the son writes to his father in the end of the letter that I... I'm learning medicine, and I'm going to go move to the city of Amsterdam, where there was a big Yiddish city, a lot of Yiddish, very busy Yiddish life. And when I finish, and I want you, you should also move over there, sell everything, and move to Amsterdam to live with Yiddin. But because I'm not planning to go back to Sweden, because Sweden is, there was very, was very little Yiddishkeit over there. It was very assimilated, a few Yiddin that were there, and they hated the Yiddin very, a lot. The... Now the what, the parents, Sweden? Sweden. It's this country in Europe. It's next to Germany and Poland. Sweden. Now the parents were not convinced, but the son did what he wrote. When he finished his medicine studies, he became a doctor. He traveled to Amsterdam and he moved over there, and he married 
Amsterdam is in Holland, or sometimes it's called the Netherlands. And he he moved over there, and he married the the daughter of one of the one of the Chasheve Yidin of the town, and he became known as a as an excellent and erliche doctor. Yeshemaim. Many years later, his parents also, in the end, they did tshuva, and they also moved to Amsterdam, and they started to keep Torah mitzvahs. Then there was another story, another student, a Yiddish student in the Vatican University. His name was Anthony Yasinovsky. That's a very not Yiddish name, exactly. And he also came from an assimilated family in Warsaw and Warsaw in Poland. And just to give you an idea of how far from Yiddishkeit this family was, they didn't even give the boy a bris. Now they all they were sim. Well, well, we'll hear in a minute. Um, now they sent him also to the Vatican. Now they didn't have the guts to shmadzich, and they were planning. They said they're going to send their son to the Vatican. He's going to move live in Italy after he learns. And there they hoped he's going to shmadzich. And when he shmadzich, they're also going to join him. And they're going to also shmadzich. That was their plan. Uh, Anthony also became a Balchuva. And he made he got himself a bris milah, And he started to live like a Yid. He, had a new, he got a new a Yiddish Yes, he did. What and a little while now, he, now in the beginning. What was it? You'll find that in a second. In the beginning, he didn't tell his parents about it. He just kept it quiet. But when he finished his studies... He got and he got his his diploma, his certificate from the university. He let his parents know suddenly that you should know I made myself a bris and my name now is not Anthony anymore, it's Avraham. And he says I'm planning to come back to my country Poland, but I'm not going to go to Warsaw, which then Warsaw was not such a tire city. Instead, I'm going to go to Krakow, which was a very Yiddish, tire Yerushalayim city. The parents were shocked, like as if they were thunderstruck. They like the thunder hit them, and they tried to convince him to go away from his new way. But Avram Yasinovsky did his plan. He, as a year the shemitah mitzvah, he lives in Krakow, and he got himself a job in uh, as a professor in the academia. And the the in those days in Poland, a lot of paritzim they had like a small university of the Prince Radzivil, and he married also, his wife was a daughter of one of the Choshevi families with big Yichus. Now Rabbi Moshe, now that Gedalia Moshe was running the whole operation in the university and helping all the students do tshuva, so he felt that his shlichus in Rome ended, and the rest of the time that he had left in the city of, in Rome, he planned to to use to buy all different like he, if you remember he had this business of of, uh, of jewelry right so he planned to use the rest of the time to buy nice jewelry and nice things in order to move them to London and to to develop his business London even more. London was was there were Yiddin there but it wasn't such a Yiddish city. But but for business, Rav Moshe had business in all different cities. He didn't want to live in London, but he wanted to have some business in London. Now, but in the meantime, Rav Moshe found out some disturbing news. What was the news? He says he heard that after the Pope Daviyavai Satuma heard that he won the Cardinals in the debate. Right? We said all the Cardinals were. Rav Moshe spoke so well that no one had to, what to answer. So he instructed that they should write up a book. That's going to explain 
in a very convincing way why the Avodah of the of Christians is better than Yiddishkeit, push and and to try to push away all the tainas that Moshe said in his speech. So Moshe said, you know, that's a good actually that's a great idea to write a book. Not, not only the Pope will write a book, I'm also going to write a book. I'm going to explain to everyone how Yiddishkeit is MS. So Ramosha changed his plan of going to London. And instead of going to London to, for his business, he traveled to the city of Mantova, which is another city in Italy, which then was a very Chasheva Yiddish city. And one of the reasons why there was a, why it was a, it was a Chasheva Yiddish is Mantova, it's a city in, in Italy. The reason why it was a Chasheva city, this doesn't say over here, but I think. This is the reason, because there was a big print. A lot of Yiddish Sfarim were printed over there. So he went to that city, and together with the Gedolei Atayra in that city, he prepared that Sefer. Now at the same time, Gedalia Moshe also, made, from Vilna, who was, also, who was in Rome. Vilna's a Yiddish city. Right, Gedalia very, 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 yeah. Moshe came from Vilna. His, his family was very from. He was also from, but he was confused. But now Moshe... Brought him back to Yiddishkeit completely. He also wrote. Those days, oh, those days this is before Misnagdim, but yeah, it was Misnagdish city. Even before the Baal Shem. Right. Now, Gedalia he wrote a booklet filled with proofs how the Torah and Yiddishkeit is true and forever. And Gedalia Moshe was a professor. He was very, very smart and brilliant, and he had different offers, different jobs. So because of those jobs, he stayed in Rome. And now we're starting chapter 112. Now, Reb Moshe, in the meantime, like we said, which city was he in? Um, Padua. Not Padua. Mantova, in Italy. And he, he was still in touch with the young professor, Gedalia Moshe, Gordon. In through letters, they would write letters to each other the whole time, and Gedalia Moshe was just called on Professor Gordon. They both felt that they have to print books, svarim, in order to have a ruchnis a war against the against Christianity and to strengthen the foundations of the Yiddish Emuna. So after Moshe finished his business in Mantova, he prepared that sefer. He traveled, then he continued to London, which he originally planned. And in London, there was two kehilas. There was, there was like two, two communities, Yiddish communities. There was the Sfardisha and the Ashkenazisha. The head of the... This is this, this chapter is actually... From the letters that Gedalia Moshe sent from Rome to London to Moshe, it turned out that most of the Yiddish students in the Vatican Academia, which most of them originally were far, far from Yiddishkeit, and a lot of them were about to... Shmadzich, most of those students all became Bali Tshuva. Just like Gedal like Moshe himself. And through his encouragement, and he would push them, they started to learn Yiddishkeit, and they were completely convinced that their life has to continue in the Yiddish camp. They have to live like Yiddin, not Chas V'Shalom, by getting closer to the Goyim and to Christianity. Now, Rabbi Moshe knew, he felt, and he knew that a big part of this change, which is a very, very good thing, was because of his visit in Rome and because of his debate in the Vatican. Now, the, he, the person who was the Rosh HaKol of Pozna, who was forced to leave his city 
because of the Christians bother, uh, you know, they used to bother the Yid in matters of Amuna, he felt that, again, that it's, you, you must print and publicize more and more Svarim and booklets that will explain Yiddishkeit. London was a very big Chasheva Yiddish center, and also there was a lot of uh, possibilities for printing Svarim. And Rabbi Moshe used those opportunities, and he actually was involved in preparing a English. You see, in those days in London, they spoke English. Rabbi Moshe, this like that's where English comes from. Rabbi Moshe was already in, he knew English. It looks like, and he was involved in making a booklet in English about Yiddishkeit to strengthen the Muna of the Yidden that became distant, and also to bring the Goyim to get to know Yiddishkeit a little more. Now Rabbi Moshe knew. This is yeah, this is going also in England. Now Rabbi Moshe knew that this could anger some of the radical, the Vilda Galachim uh, and Christians. But he knew that nonetheless, which could lead to some problems. But he knew that it's the best way to, to for the Yid to, to, to show the emes of Yiddishkeit. And this work was very greatly encouraged by the letters of Gedalia Moshe who wrote him from Rome, and Gdal Moshe wrote him very, very detailed reports of what's going on in, in the Vatican. And one of the things, one of the stories that Gdal Moshe wrote to, to Moshe, which was very, very interesting, was a story that sounded like it was made up, but it was, it was, that was so fantastic, but it was really true. What's fantastic? Fantastic means it's like, like, seems like like someone imagined it but it was a really true story what was the story so we're going to start it in today's chapter but we're going to continue it mainly in the next chapter and the story that Gedalia Moshe wrote to Reb Moshe that happened in the Vatican was like this one day in Rome appeared very very Chasheve guest who was this Chasheve guest he was the learned philosopher, old learned philosopher, whose name was Professor Christian mm-hmm. Dilatiata. Who was Christian Dilatiata? Christian Dilatiata was many years before he suddenly appeared in Rome as an old man. He was very, very known in the Christian world. He was very famous. He was, no, he was very, very smart, and everyone knew about him. But suddenly he disappeared. When he was young. No one knew. When he was young, as a young man, he was the student of the Archbishop Gregory de Firenta, or de Pirenta, which was a very, very big Galach in Venice. And then him, and then he himself became very, very famous because of his Chachma. He was a very, very wise and smart person. And all over the, the Catholic Church, they respected him very much. And suddenly, after many years where he was missing and people forgot about him, suddenly he reappeared. It was a big surprise. He comes to Rome. But De Laziata said that he came to Rome for a special mission. He needs to talk. He needs to meet with the with the Pope. When the Vatican found out that he came, they sent a special delegation. A delegation was like a group of very, very high-up Galochim to greet him in the, the proper way for such a 
smart and special person. And they decided to invite him to, to, to stay in the Vatican to prepare a nice, you know, a nice hotel room for him. He had a special apartment um, in the Pope's own mansion. And they also made a special... He had a, pal- he had a, he had a palace. Palace, right. Right, so they they also made for him a, spe- a certain day. They're gonna they prepared a reception for him, a special party, um, through through the Pope with all the cardinals and other chashev people of the Vatican. And the guests thanked them for all the cover they want to give him. But he said that the truth is that for thirty five years I'm already I'm like a nozer. I separate from any unnecessary connection to the world, and I fast, so I, 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 I really, you know, thank you and appreciate it, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I want, I don't want this, but the one thing I do want is to meet the Pope face to face, only me and the Pope to talk to him, and I have to talk to him about special things and to give him special, to, to give over to him certain secrets. This was his answer. Now, the peop, the, the answer of the old, the Letiata, shocked the the papal delegation they couldn't understand how a person would give up such great covid but they had no choice and they told the, the continuation of this fantastic story Mirza Hashem will continue in the next chapter